entrepreneurs, are you trying to make bigger profits in your small business? Like many of us, I'm sure you're feeling it. Business is hard. Now more than ever, you need to have a plan in your business to not just survive, but thrive. I'm Marcia Reiner. I'm a business strategist on a mission, and I've helped tons of small business owners to establish and implement a tangible plan that guarantees sustainable profitability and guides your growth. I want to share with you some strategies that I've earned and learned on today's Profit with a Plan podcast. So today I'm excited to have my guest on today, Daniel Lona of Fit Copywriting. Daniel, Daniel helps fitness, fitness and wellness businesses get a flood of business by writing magnetic copy that understands their audience. During his eight years of running a, a business, a fitness business, uh, Daniel developed a passion for sales and persuasive writing. Ultimately, this inspired him to help fitness industries with critical skills that few entrepreneurs have the time to master. Uh, copywriting, right? And what, else, what makes him exceptional at this? Daniel is an obsessive student of marketing and sales because he's driven to be the best possible copywriter and strategist for his clients. But sharpening his writing skills is nothing new. Daniel began developing them during his brief career as an attorney. Okay, Daniel's got some serious education things going on here. And time at the University of Chicago Law School. More recently, Daniel was one of the first to earn the title of certified email or certified email copywriting specialist from AWAI, a rigorous program from the world's top copywriting training business. In 2020, he launched a marketing and sales podcast called The Seven Figure Fitness Business. We love podcasters. He is not, uh, when he's not consumed with copywriting, Daniel listens to his far too large collection of vinyl records and dines on Chicago's finest pizza. Yum. Welcome to the podcast, Daniel. We're so excited to have you here today. Thank you for having me. All right, great. So <clears throat> lawyer, fitness buff, um, copywriting, your uh, your 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 music fanatic, right? I mean, it just sounds right. like you've got all these wonderful talents and skills um, that we're going to probably pull more out of you coming forward. But today we're going to talk about sales pages and, and really what it means and how we can use sales copy in all of our communications with our clients. So this is going to be really important. Um, when we're talking about sales pages, describe what you mean by that. Sure. Uh, there's a few variations of it. I mean, at the end of the day, um, everything that you write is in business is designed to eventually lead to a sale. So in one sense, all copywriting is sales copywriting. But a sales page is basically the last in line of the series of all your communications. It's mm. the final piece where you are now trying to persuade the prospect to purchase whatever it is you're selling on that page. And so that's how I would define a sales page. It's the last stage in the process. You are trying to convince them that what you're selling is worth buying. You've done all your other previous communication. You've already tried to build a lot of no like, and trust and things like that. Um, you know, you've done marketing. Maybe they've heard you on your podcast and now is the final stage where you're making a pitch and a sales page usually takes place online. It's the online version of a one-on-one -on -one sales call. Love it. Okay. Now that's clear. So when we're talking about persuasive language, is that got to be a certain 
format or a certain way, or can it be in my own voice and still be persuasive? It should be in your own voice, the voice of your business, at least. Um, Mm -hmm. And there are a few different ways that you could go about it, but I would say there's some underlying uh, factors that you want to put in play anytime you are writing for the purpose of selling. Uh, One of those is really understanding your audience. So you need to speak to their their fears or worries, as well as the desired outcomes that they have most for whatever it is that's your topic. So uh, one thing that's universal is that you really need to speak to your audience well, and you have to do a lot of research uh, and speaking with them first before you can speak to them. And Ooh. yeah. That's, uh, really, that's really good. You know, speaking, so repeat that again. So you want to be able to speak with them first. In other words, behind the scenes, background research, either one-on-one conversations with your existing customers or potential prospects or surveys, but you really need to understand their mindset and what's most important to them before you can ever begin to write effective copy. Wow. That right there is a big shift that most business owners don't put in their business. They go out and say, oh, I've got this great thing and I'm going to sell it to you rather than going, let me find out more about the consumer and what their needs and issues are Mm, like this. Okay. Tell me more. Yes, absolutely. So (laughs) I think that's one thing most people probably don't understand about their own process of copywriting that should exist. Or if they hire a copywriter, that that's actually probably the biggest thing that you're paying for is for them to go deep on your specific audience and truly understand what it is that they want, what it is that they're afraid of, what it is that's bothering them. So that way, when you do sit down to write the copy, you are speaking their language. Um, That is, I would say, 60 to 70% of the success of any piece of copywriting, including sales pages. Okay. So, so let me, something popped into my mind. Does it, do we always have to be solving their problem? Hmm. That's a great question. I would say yes, <laughs> particularly. Okay, so let, let me answer that first in the context of a sales page. When you're asking them to click buy, yes, you have to definitely speak in a way that shows that you understand what their problem is and that you have a solution for it. Mm-hmm. In the absence of that, you probably won't get many uh, purchases or new customers. Right. Okay. <laughs> so, <clears throat> so problem based, you're, you're digging in, and it doesn't always have to be negative, though, right? It's it's just a mind shift taking them from the current um, solution they have and putting them into the new solution, which is you, right? Yes, that's correct. Um, that said, I would say a sales page usually drives home the best sales pages drives home a singular emotion that you want them to feel. Now, whether that's a positive or negative emotion, again, goes back to what does your audience want? What are they concerned with? You know, I'll I'll use just sort of a a common everyday example. If you were a company selling, uh, uh, since since you're not uh, feeling 100% best today, uh, Marcia, maybe this is a relevant example. If you were selling cold medicine, if that was your company, you really want to speak to the pain that they're going through. That's really going to catch their attention um, and, and really resonate with them. So if that's kind of your, if that's your audience, that's really a great emotion to, to, to bring up and strike. Um, there are other businesses and products and services that may be more aspirational in nature, perhaps. 
Um, and so in that sense, you might want to tap more into a positive emotion. But I do think that the best sales pages find a way to weave both in there because you do want to get them to understand that you understand what they're going through. But at the same time, you do want to paint a picture of that brighter future. And if you can do both, you really have the best sales page. Excellent. Okay. So one motion, one emotion, not the, 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 the verbal throw up that you can do on, <laughs> on sales pages and, Oh, I can do everything, including, you know, change, change out light bulbs. Right. You know, I can right. do everything for you, but just to deal with that one thing. So, right. okay. So we, we find out what that one thing is and we've, we've talked to and interviewed our, our potential customers or, or our existing customers to find out what that one thing is. Then how do we craft that message to really em- employ the the persuasion? I mean, that becomes that's where I think most people block, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I think it's important to understand the building blocks, if you will, for a sales page. So, like okay. I mentioned to to you earlier uh, when we had a prior conversation about this. Um, we all know that a sales page is trying to sell somebody. You want them to, to take the action of buying your service or product. Right. That's obvious. But what should the sales page do to get them in a place where they want to do that? And so there are, uh, you know, if we had five hours, I could talk about 100 things. But for right now, just to say it briefly, I think there's four top uh, elements or building blocks that you want in a sales page or that it should accomplish if you want it to be effective. The first is to stir up emotions, the right emotions, um, the ones that are their most relevant pain points or their most relevant desires and outcomes that they're seeking. If your sales page doesn't strike at the heart of their emotions, it's not going to be very effective. You might get some people who've known you for years to still buy, but you're not going to get a lot of new customers if you don't really tap into emotion. And the reason is, and you know, I'm sure you're, you're pretty well... Um, pretty well steeped and knowledgeable about sales is that people buy on emotion first and then they use logical reasons to justify their emotions on why they should buy. You can think about that anytime we've had an impulse buy, right? It's always been an emotional reaction first. And then you go in your mind and say, well, look, but I really need it because of A, B, and C. And that really makes good sense today for me to buy that. Uh, So you start with the emotion and then you go into logic. So like it you have to have an emotional uh, connection with your audience in your copy. So that's number one. Um, number two is Taking that- great notes here. So this is good. <laughs> number two. Number two building block <laughs> is that um, you need to explain what's unique about what you're offering. You know, few of us are in an industry where we're the only one, right? I mean, we don't like to admit it, but I admit it. There's thousands of other copywriters. There's thousands of business coaches. So- that's true for almost everybody. Whenever they're selling something, the customer has, the prospect has tons of other options. So why is yours special? Why should I buy yours over anybody else's? You really need to communicate that clearly uh, in your sales page for it to be effective. I mean, that that's a, a box you must check. Uh, must and, and it, check. Okay. Must check. Yeah. So let's let's take a little um, let's take a little stop on that unique um, differentiation that that we have. Um, you know, in a highly commoditized business like copywriting or consulting, you know, business strategist or, you know, um, financial advisor or dentist or, you know, all the people out there that there's, you know, one on every corner, if not a few. 
Mm-hmm. How do you really do that? How do you separate yourself? That's a great question. Um, well, I would say the guiding light for that is that what makes you unique should be something that appeals to your audience. It makes no sense to create something unique about yourself that doesn't tap into one of those pain points or desires of your audience. And so I know I might sound like a broken record here, but again, it goes back to understanding your audience. What are their biggest needs? What are, you know, what are their biggest concerns? What are their biggest worries? Here's, here's the nice thing. Most businesses probably aren't going to do a deep dive on this. And so if you do, you're going to put yourself in an elite category that really understands your audience. And once you do that, you can find some uniqueness to tap into for, your, uh, for whatever it is you're selling, whether that's a product or service. So again, I say go back to your audience to find out what that could be, what, 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 would, what would deliver something that is truly special for them. If you do enough customer interviews, prospect interviews, you'll probably find them, uh, uh, you'll probably find in those conversations that they mentioned something. Can I offer one more thing to help with that? I know I talked a lot. Please. No, this is fabulous stuff. So go. So one of my, one of my favorite questions to ask uh, in customer prospect interviews that I do for my own business and I do for my clients is what would be a dream solution for you in this area? So, you know, if you're talking about business coaching, that's the area you're talking about. For me, uh, in my business, it would be copywriting. If you're looking, what, what would be a dream solution for you in, in, with sales pages or website copy or your email marketing? What would be a dream solution for you? If you ask enough of your ideal customers that question, you'll probably find something to tap into, to put into your offer that is truly unique. like it. Okay. We've, and... and- and it's always around that radio station of what's in it for me, right? WFMII right. or WF, whatever that is. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it, it's always got to be, it's always got to be from the, the the customer's viewpoint, not your own. Right. Because that's, I think, that's the real value of, of having these. And if you can get them to articulate what their dream solution is from their point of view, then you can slide right in. I like it. I like it. All right. So we've got the, um, the right emotions. Um, and so that they can, uh, um, so they can put logic to their emotions as to why they bought. And then we're going to have a unique positioning for us, um, based on the customer's, uh, biggest solution that their desire that they're looking for and that dream solution. So what's number three? Number three would be proving that what you're promising is true. So uh, shorthand is proof. You need proof of whatever claims you're making. Uh, You get them excited about what your claim is in the headline of your sales page. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's where they stop in their tracks and go, oh, okay, well, that sounds exactly like what I need. Um, but, and, and then down further down the page, you're going to explain why, what your, what you, what your solution is, is unique and special and not something they've seen before. And now they're even more excited and saying, okay, this, this is different than what I've seen before. This sounds like something no one else is offering me. And I'm excited about what you're saying. You're speaking my language, but how do I know this isn't just you know, wild marketing claims that I see every day. So you really now have to kind of speak to that cynical side of the prospect that says, yeah, but is this, is this just another too good to be true thing? Right. That claim of, um, I I can make you a millionaire this, this month. Right. Or, um, you can lose 10 pounds in one day. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So you have to find a way to prove your claims. Um, I think we're all familiar with the testimonial. That's probably the most Mm -hmm. common example 
of proof. And that's great. And that's that's fantastic. And there's there's some specific strategies on how to make those more powerful than the average one. But I also recommend looking for ways to prove your claims even beyond a testimonial. So I'm not saying don't use a testimonial, use them, but see, but don't, but don't just be um, uh, complacent with that and just say, okay, I've checked that box. I put in three good testimonials. I'm done. I've proved it. Not always, but you know, the more proof that you can offer, the better. So there's other ways to do it as well. Uh, one of my favorites is to see if you can find a way to demonstrate whatever it is you're promising. So, you know, sometimes you have to be creative here. It may not always be obvious. I think in the like software category, we see that all the time. That's the purpose of the seven day free trial of a new app or, or, you know, some business software that you discovered online. And they're going to give you uh, a free trial version, either for one week or just a, a quote unquote light version. And that's to prove their claims. That's to prove that, that what they're saying is true, that it is going to deliver on what they say. Um, that may not always be possible, you know, if you're not selling software as easily as that, but I still think it's worth being creative about that. Um, sometimes it could just be a one minute video that shows you coaching a client to success or where they have that aha moment or something like that. Uh, I did copywriting for a, um, it was a, basically a fitness business, but it was a woman who taught handstands and she offered a, what, what was unique about her and her coaching was that she offered, um, very detailed video feedback. No other uh, coach in handstands ever really did that or did it well. And so that was something that really stood out to all of her prospects is they craved having that one-on-one -on -one feed video feedback. And so we put a demo video, two-minute de demo video, showing, her how, showing people how she would do that. So, uh, you know, even if you don't have software, there's still ways to find uh, a place to, demonst uh, to demonstrate what you're offering. It goes a long way. I like it. I like um, it. You know, and then there's the, the the authority way of proving what you do too. Uh, you know, as seen on, we've all seen those on web pages, sometimes on people's home pages, sometimes on sales pages, as seen on uh, ABC News or something like that. And right. you know, sometimes that alone can just give a, a person enough trust to buy from you, even if it's not specific to the claim. So I know I kind of talked a lot about the proof part, but I just wanted to give some. No, yeah, but this is important. This is really yeah. important to be able to. I mean, these are the the core foundations of your sales page, and if you're weak in one of those areas, and probably in one of the most important ones, which is social proof of right. what you've done. Um, you know, you're not going to sell, right? Right. So right. this is exactly. good. Well worth the time. Right. All right. So we've got testimonials, demonstrations. I like the trials and the authority things. Um, I like the the video pieces and, and different ideas on it. Um, anything mm -hmm. else in the proof before we move on? Uh, yeah, just one smaller point, um, which is that you could also just state the specific number of people you helped to success. That's another great way of doing it, you know, especially if you have volume. You may not. And so not all of these options for proof are necessarily going to fit every service or product that you want to sell. Mm -hmm. But it's nice to know all the options that are available on there. I think people lean too much on testimonials and we start to get um, kind of inured to it. Like we, it doesn't really, we've, we've all seen the, you know, customer testimonials on every sales page. And I don't know how many people read them anymore, frankly. So if you can find new creative ways to prove what you're saying, uh, it's always a good thing. Definitely time to change things up, right? Right. I'm liking this. Okay. Right. So what's, what's number four? Sure. Uh, the fourth piece that's absolutely essential to any <laughs> successful sales page is creating an irresistible offer. 
Mm. Um, I think this is where a lot of sales pages go wrong. I think most people's offer, most businesses, most entrepreneurs' offers are pretty typical for their industry. And that's problematic. Um, Again, you could do all the other three things and you've come pretty far. If you have stirred up all the right emotions in your prospect, you've um, explained why your solution is unique and special for them. And now you've proven it too, to their satisfaction that you're going to deliver on your promise. They still want to know what's the offer. What are you ultimately selling? What does it include? What does it say? Um, and so there's a number of ways of creating an irresistible offer. I'll just go All into right. a couple really quick. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorites is to stack value to the point where they are basically saying, I cannot believe you are offering this much for this price. Right. It's crazy <laughs> that you're doing that, right? Right, right. Love it. Uh, right. You kind of, you know, there's that classic you know, the used car salesman television commercial where, you know, right. Yeah. The Ginsu knives. I actually (laughs) talked about that on my, one of my podcast episodes when I talked about irresistible offers, it's cheesy, but they went about it the right way. They stacked value, you know, over and over and over again. And it's that, you know, the, the silly, but effective turn of phrase that says, well, wait, there's more, you know, (laughs) um, you kind of want to get to that point without the cheese factor, ideally, sure. but you do no want cheese. to stack, no cheese, but you no do cheese. want to stack value as much as possible. And you can do that within the core offer itself of say, like say it was business coaching, you know, what that just price includes for the business coaching itself. But then you can also stack value with bonuses. We're all familiar with bonuses. I think we've seen them a lot. Uh, I recommend going both routes if possible, but, um, but you really do want to get to a point where a prospect is saying, I get that much for that price. Um, that's a better problem to have that they're a little bit in disbelief with that. Then is that all I get? <laughs> right. Right. Um, okay. So stacking products. Um, it doesn't have to be products that cost you a lot of money though. Right. I mean, these could be products or, or, or bonuses or value that are perceived value or time in exchange or, a different version of what you're offering. So you could offer the book form and the audio form or something like that, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's a lot of different businesses. And so it kind of depends on what your business is and how you're going about selling it, whether that's going to be delivered in person, whether you're selling it one-on-one, whether it's on a sales page, et cetera. But uh, to your point, there are ways to leverage your time so that way you don't have to you know, add three new bonuses that now basically, because you have to, for each sale, have to do 10 more hours of work, have now massively cut into your profit margins. You do want to keep an eye on that. Um, But yeah, digital products are a great way to leverage your time. Um, Group settings of information delivered or or coaching delivered is another great way to to leverage your time. Uh, Recordings of speeches or presentations or webinars that you've given, uh, say over the past year, maybe you've delivered five speeches, five webinars, et cetera. You could bundle that all if you recorded them and add that as a bonus. So I think it's important when you're doing it to look for ways to leverage your time. Otherwise you end up cutting into your profit margins and yes, now you have more sales, but it's not really the win that you want it to be. Right. I, <laughs> I, I can, I can totally see if I stack something up that, you know, I'm doing all these other things for then then it it's, it really is a value to them, but it's a time strain on me. So I see that. Okay. So we can stack value. I love this idea. So how yeah. else could we do it in our office? Uh, 
yeah, these are probably things people have heard of. So in that sense, my other options aren't necessarily like revelatory, but I also don't think people go through the criteria when they create their offer either. And so like, as one of my uh, favorite mentors, Brendan Burchard says, um, uh, common knowledge isn't always common practice. And so um, it's about executing on these. So the money back guarantee, that's another way to make the offer more irresistible. But let me add one point on that, which is I think, Again, too often we see mundane uh, money back guarantees where it's just your satisfaction is guaranteed. And that, you know, that doesn't really inspire somebody to buy. Um, So I think it's worth looking at how you can make a very specific guarantee. The more specific, the better. So I'll use the fitness industry example. Um, If you were offering a weight loss program, Uh, And you knew you could deliver on this. If you knew you could deliver on, say, we guarantee that you'll lose at least 10 pounds in the next 30 days. um, If you've, you know, you have the track record for that, you've shown that in your proof and you put that as part of your guarantee and say, we guarantee that through this nutrition or fitness program, you're going to lose 10 pounds at the end of 30 days. And if not, you get all your money back. Um, That's a much stronger guarantee than just satisfaction. What does that even mean? Um, right. and besides people don't, as, as Jeffrey Gittimer always says, people don't want to be satisfied. That's not, that's not, that's not the standard they're shooting. They want for. to be loud. Yeah, exactly. They want to be wowed. So I think adding specificity to a money back guarantee is really important. I like that. And, and, you know, it, 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 it almost stacks on your proof because you're saying, Hey, I'm so confident in my solution to you that if you don't get it, then I'm going to give you your money back. That's, that's, that's a social proof right there too. Love it. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and I'll, I can just add one more element to, uh, sure. to irresistible offers, which is urgency to buy. That is Ooh. critical. So if you, you could have all this great value stacked, you can even have a, 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 a kind of like wow inducing money back guarantee. But if that offer is available today, next month, six months, 12 months in the exact same form, I can almost promise you they will try to find a way to procrastinate and buy it later. Mm. And so you're really lacking irresistibility if they can wait a year <laughs> and not lose anything in the offer. So right. I do recommend adding a deadline um, or something goes away after a certain amount of time. I, I strongly encourage it being real and believable and not just arbitrary deadlines or arbitrary um, losses of bonuses at some point or something. But, um, but I, but I do very much encourage having, uh, that deadline of some kind where if they don't act by a certain time, that same offer isn't going to be there anymore. And I think, um, especially as, as, um, people just starting up in their, their, uh, in their particular offer, they could have been in business for, you know, 25 years doing this, but if they're starting a new offer, maybe they're, they're coming in as an entry level or a beta test or something along those lines where I'm going to give it today for, you know, $100. But next month, if you don't buy it, it's going up. And then right. you have to take it to that next step. And then it becomes $200. And, um, and then the month after that, it becomes $300. So now the person that didn't buy it is going, oh, my gosh, I should have bought at that time. And now it also adds credibility to you because you're standing by what you said. Yes, exactly. And that, and that's a great example too, Marcia, of a real reason why there's a deadline. It's not arbitrary. It's because you, this is, this is beta test mode. And so 
Uh, obviously, I'm going to give you a little bit of a reduced rate during that period, but understand that once that period's over, that's it. Um, I actually did that at the beginning days of my copywriting business. I I offered a reduced rate. I told I was when I was reaching out and getting this thing launched. Uh, I told people that um, because I'm just starting out, I'm trying to build some early momentum, and I can give you a reduced rate off of a first project. And um, you know that that was just a a, a use of that that. Uh, the deadline and making the offer more irresistible because people will always find a way to wait if they can. I know. I know. Yeah. Unless it's, we, so, yeah. so it's gotta be urgent enough to make sense to them. You know, you can't always catch all of the buyers at the right time that they are ready to buy. You know, maybe they're just shopping or early stages of it, or maybe they're just kind of feeling out whether this is a real problem with them. But I think that there's, I think that this urgency thing, you can really bring in those that are right there on the fence, ready to go. Yeah, absolutely. It definitely pushes people who are right on the fence into the category of becoming a customer uh, or a repeat customer, whichever the case may be. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Love it. Yeah, definitely great for fence sitters. (laughs) Yeah, right. Okay, so we've talked about sales pages. We brought in the importance of having uh, emotion in everything, but it's not your emotion. It's the customer's emotion and what they're feeling at that time. And that problem that we want to solve for them. I love it. And then these four building blocks are great. You gave us so many ideas on proof. You gave us a beautiful, irresistible offer that has those three strong components in it. Daniel, this is great. Where can listeners find out more about you and your methods and getting an awesome sales page together? Yeah, thank you. Um, so my website URL is fit-copywriting.com. So fit-copywriting.com. And uh, I actually have um, a bundle that goes deeper into the sales page topics that we're talking about right here uh, now for free. And if you just do a backslash on that URL and then add the uh, phrase sales page surge, just no spaces or hyphens, just sales page surge after that, um, then uh, you can get a combo. It's a it's a 20-minute audio training and a uh, PDF checklist and guide to go with it that gives you three tactics on how to level up your sales page. Now, I, I created it with one thing in mind, which was I tried to come up with a way that I could help anybody with their sales page. So it doesn't have to, you don't have to be a fitness business to take advantage of this, but anybody with their sales page without having to understand copywriting, without having to have skill as a copywriter and without having to have me look at your copy. So what are just like the top three things that I can, I can give you without any experience that would give you the biggest bang for your time. And that's what the lead, that's what the, uh, the, the guide and uh, bundle offers. Wow, that's great because I know a lot of people are just that's just not their skill set. They know their widget, they just don't know how to talk about it in a way that really attracts and persuades people to buy in with them. So this is going to be a super valuable offer and I encourage all the listeners to go get it. I'll go get it myself and and dig in there because that sounds great. I know that copywriting's uh definitely a weakness on many. So thank you Daniel. This has been great. All right, listeners, uh, thanks for listening today. I hope you found an idea or two to put into your business that will help you become more profitable. Considering what's happened to businesses over this year, 2020 has just been really hard. And now more than ever, it's important to create your own profit plan so that you can have a thriving business as well. And I too have six action tips that you can get to put into your business that will make a huge impact right now. 
So go check them out at failproofbiz, that's B-I-Z.com, and you can pick up those six tips and they'll help you uh, make sure your business is thriving. And Daniel and I would love to hear your feedback, um, any questions or even ideas for future shows. Please comment and subscribe on the podcast here. And as always, you can catch Profit with a Plan on any of your favorite podcast players. We're looking forward to more great profitable information on next week's show. So until then, make your plans and profit with them. Thanks, Daniel. Thank you, Marcia.